lads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Mr. Finnegan, we are ruined. Come down, I say. Our fortune's made. Well, if I but had that beautiful instrument, I should be the happiest man alive. Mr. Vinegar, you foolish man. <laughs> Welcome back, junior scholars. My name is Sir Bradley, guardian of the written word and your guide through the junior classics. Our mission is to safeguard the wisdom in the classics and inspire children with a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature, history, and scholarship. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us, and a very special thank you to all my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode. Thank you very much. Well, I have a special announcement today. Today is my son's birthday. He turned six years old. I wonder how many junior scholars are six as well. Hmm. Well, Bennett, it is my desire for you to grow in wisdom and stature and to become a man who is not afraid to be brave, loyal, and speak the truth. So happy birthday to you, my son. If you are just tuning in, we just finished season one, Old Favorite Fairy Tales, and now we're in the beginning of season two, Tales from Around the World, we will focus on a specific nation for a time in order to steep ourselves in their greatest stories. And today, we continue our steeping in merry old England. I'm willing to bet most of you have not heard today's tale, called Mr. Vinegar by Joseph Jacobs. So what makes this tale English? Most of the stories we will read pertaining to England were collected by Joseph Jacobs, who we first heard about in season one. Jacobs knew there were many folk tales and fables that the English people possessed, but up until that time, almost none of them were recorded on paper to be saved and cherished for future Englishmen. So he went out and collected and recorded as many as he could find from Englishmen at home and abroad. The tales, according to Jacobs, were meant to be read aloud and not merely to be taken in by the eye. Well, I think Mr. Jacobs will be quite proud of our Junior Classics mission and delighted that you, dear listener, are being delighted with his collection almost 130 years later. But before we get to the story, Lost and Found Words! Listen carefully to the meaning of these words and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is pound. That is a basic money unit in England equal to 100 pence. Now, what is a pence? Oh, well, that's our second word. You know what a penny is? The smallest denomination of money in many English-speaking countries? A pence is a plural of penny, meaning many pennies. In this story, Mr. Vinegar thinks about pocketing pence, which would be the same as saying pocketing multiple coins or many pennies. Our third word is guineas the first English gold coin that was made by machine. It was one quarter ounce of gold. The name came from the Guinea region in West Africa, 
where much of the gold used to make the coins originated. Your mission this week, Junior Scholars, is to find the Guinea region in West Africa on a map. Happy hunting. Our next word is capital, which is a word you can use to describe something as being excellent. Mr. Vinegar finds a capital pair of gloves, and he must have these excellent gloves for himself. And our last word is cudgeling. A cudgel is a stick or a club that can be used as a weapon. So a cudgeling is a beating with a stick or a club. Now, on to the show! Do you know what it means to be content? Today's dictionaries define being content as feeling happy or satisfied with what you have and who you are. However, I think there is more to being content than simply feeling happy. And the dictionaries of old define a deeper meaning. They define being content as a satisfaction which holds the mind in peace and being able to hold back complaints or wanting more. We all struggle with wanting more, and there is nothing wrong with that or the desire to improve one's life. However, if you are only happy with getting the next best thing, whether it be a new toy, game, or whatever you can think of, you will never be at peace and other areas of your life will suffer. In today's story, Mr. Vinegar decides to leave his home with his wife, Mrs. Vinegar, in order to improve his family's money situation. By chance, Mr. Vinegar discovers a small fortune, and his wife wisely advises him to purchase a cow, which can provide milk, butter, and cheese, which the family can sell at market and make a living on. After Mr. Vinegar buys the cow, however, it all goes wrong. Mr. Vinegar is afflicted by the desire to possess the next shiny object and to immediately purchase things that help him feel better when he is temporarily uncomfortable. Mr. Vinegar starts out with 40 gold coins and a perfectly good cow, but Mr. Vinegar is not content, and this is where his troubles begin. I wonder, what will he be left with at the end of the story? Mr. Vinegar by Joseph Jacobs Mr. and Mrs. Vinegar lived in a vinegar bottle. Now, one day, when Mr. Vinegar was from home, Mrs. Vinegar, who was a very good housewife, was busily sweeping her house when an unlucky thump of the broom brought the whole house clitter-clatter, clitter-clatter about her ears. In an agony of grief, she rushed forth to meet her husband. On seeing him, she exclaimed, Oh, Mr. Vinegar, Mr. Vinegar, we are ruined. I have knocked the house down and it is all to pieces. My dear, let us see what can be done. Here is the door. I will take it on my back and we will go forth to seek our fortune. They walked all that day and at nightfall entered a thick forest. They were both very tired and Mr. Vinegar said, My love, I will climb up into a tree, drag up the door and you shall follow. He accordingly did so, 
and they both stretched their weary limbs on the door and fell fast asleep. In the middle of the night, Mr. Vinegar was disturbed by the sound of voices underneath, and to his horror and dismay, found that it was a band of thieves met to divide their booty. Here, Jack, here's five pounds for you. Here, Bill, here's ten pounds for you. And here, Bob, here's three pounds for you. Mr. Vinegar could listen no longer. His terror was so great that he trembled and trembled and shook down the door in their heads. Ah! Away scampered the thieves, but Mr. Vinegar dared not quit his retreat till broad daylight. He then scrambled out of the tree and went to lift up the door. What did he see but a number of golden guineas? Come down, Mrs. Vinegar. Come down, I say. Our fortune's made. Our fortune's made. Come down, I say. Mrs. Vinegar got down as fast as she could. And when she saw the money, she jumped for joy. Now, my dear, I'll tell you what you shall do. There is a fair at the neighboring town. You shall take these forty guineas and buy a cow. I shall make butter and cheese which you shall sell at the market. Then we shall be able to live very comfortably. Mr. Vinegar joyfully agrees, takes the money, and off he goes to the fair. When he arrived, he walked up and down and at length saw a beautiful red cow. It was an excellent milker and perfect in every way. Oh, if I had but that cow, I should be the happiest man alive. So he offers the 40 guineas for the cow, and the owner said that, as he was a friend, he'd oblige him. So the bargain was made, and he got the cow, and he drove it backwards and forwards to show it. By and by, he saw a man playing the bagpipes. The children followed him about, and he appeared to be pocketing money on all sides. Well, if I but had that beautiful instrument... I should be the happiest man alive. My fortune would be made. So he went up to the man. Friend, what a beautiful instrument that is. And what a deal of money you must make. Well, yes, I make a great deal of money, to be sure. And it is a wonderful instrument. Oh, how I should like to possess it. Well, as you are, friend, I don't much mind parting with it. You shall have it for that red cow. Done, said the delighted Mr. Vinegar. So the beautiful red cow was given for the bagpipes. He walked up and down with his purchase, but it was in vain he tried to play a tune. And instead of pocketing pence, the boys followed him, hooting, laughing, and pelting. Poor Mr. Vinegar, his fingers grew very cold, and just as he was leaving the town, he met a woman with a fine thick pair of gloves. Oh, my fingers are so very cold. Now if I had but those beautiful gloves, I should be the happiest man alive. He went up to the woman and said to her, Friend, you seem to have a capital pair of gloves there. Yes, truly. And my hands are as warm as possible this cold November day. Well, I should like to have them. What will you give? As you are, friend, I don't much mind letting you have them for those bagpipes. Done. He put on the gloves and felt perfectly happy as he trudged homewards. At last he grew very tired, and when he saw a man coming towards him with a good stout stick in his hand. Oh, that I had but that stick. 
I should then be the happiest man alive. Friend, what a rare good sick you have got. Yes, I've used it for many a long mile, and a good friend it has been. But if you have a fancy for it as your friend, I don't mind giving it to you for that pair of gloves. Mr. Vinegar's hands were so warm and his legs so tired that he gladly made the exchange. As he drew near to the wood where he had left his wife, he heard a parrot on a tree calling out his name. <coughs> Mr. Vinegar, you foolish man! You blockhead! You simpleton! You went to the fair and laid out all your money in buying a cow. Not content with that, you changed it for bagpipes, on which you could not play, <laughs> and which were not worth one-tenth of the money. You fool! You, you had no sooner got the bagpipes than you changed them for the gloves, which were not worth one-quarter of the money. And when you had got the gloves, you changed them for a poor, miserable stick. And now, for your forty guineas, cow, bagpipes, and gloves, you have nothing to show but that poor, miserable stick, which you might have cut in any hedge. Oh, squawk, squawk! On this, the bird laughed and laughed, and Mr. Vinegar, falling into a violent rage, threw the stick at its head. The stick lodged in the tree, and he returned to his wife without money cow, bagpipes, gloves, or stick, and she instantly gave him such a sound cudgeling that she almost broke every bone in his skin. Mr. Vinegar, you foolish man, said the parrot, and the parrot was indeed correct. Mr. Vinegar took all the money he found and bought a cow. A wise move, since the family plan was to sell the milk, butter, and cheese the cow helped produce at market. This could have sustained the family for a long time, but Mr. Vinegar was not content with that. He saw a man making a good deal of money playing the bagpipes, and perhaps Mr. Vinegar saw this as an easier way to work for money. The only problem is Mr. Vinegar could not play the instrument, and no sooner had he bought the bagpipes then he traded them for some gloves because his hands were cold and then quickly traded his gloves for a common walking stick because his legs were tired. In the end, foolish Mr. Vinegar was left with nothing. He failed to provide for his family and now they will go hungry because Mr. Vinegar did not understand and could not practice the ability to be content. The lesson is this, Junior Scholars. Contentment is a spiritual experience that allows peace in the middle of a storm. A content person still wants to do better and be better, but they don't pin all their hopes, dreams, and happiness on the next best thing. A content person may say, if this is all I ever have, I'll thank God and call myself blessed. But if I can grow and improve, then I'm going to do that. Until next time, Junior Scholars, I am Sir Bradley. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. 
This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to junior-classics-podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the Junior Classics.